Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to Third Eye Awakening. This is a podcast all about spiritual and psychic awakening where we talk about things like the shift from 3D to 5D consciousness, the nature of time, space, the universe, the multiverse, multidimensionality, starseeds, the Akashic Records, all the things. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I appreciate you so very much. All right, let's get into it. Hey, beautiful beings. Welcome back for another episode of Third Eye Awakening. I am your host, Amy Belair. Before we get started, if you want to create me on Instagram, you can check me out at thenorthstar.love. And if you like what we're talking about here on the podcast and you'd like to be part of an interactive community, then come join my free private Facebook group called Soul Space. Just send me a request and I'll add you. I would love to have you there. I have another awesome beautiful, inspiring, spiritual awakening story for you today. Um, Guys, I recorded this in December. The last two interviews, Rachel today and Angharad last week, I recorded in December. And those interviews were so good. And I completely, well, I didn't completely forget about them. Like, I totally knew they were there. I just really got hung up on... Killian's story to be honest I thought to myself when I was planning out my podcast I was like oh and I'll just tell Killian's story in like two or three episodes (laughs) oh Amy why would you ever think that you the long-winded one could reduce the story of your beautiful son and the gigantic impact he had on you to like two or three episodes how foolish and naive anyway Plus, I had a lot of resistance to going through the painful parts, I think, and sharing those. Like, I knew I really wanted to, but when push came to shove, it was hard to do it, and I had resistance. But here we are now, and I'm finally airing this episode. It's so good. I love the conversation about science and spirituality, and I just want to preface this interview by saying that If there are any big scientific people out there who are listening, please, please know that I love science and I love human beings. And I see my perspective is that science is used in a manipulative way to convince us that things just are a certain way. And we completely know that as an irrefutable fact when my experience through my life as well as the Akashic Records is that there's very little that we know as an irrefutable fact and actually the true nature of reality is very, very, very um, mutable and um, hmm, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like it's ever changing, it's ever shifting. And, and, and anytime we think we have it pinned down and we know something for sure, we find out that, no, we actually didn't know for sure. And it was um, even more amazing than we ever thought. So please don't take offense. If it sounds like I'm bashing science in this episode, I'm not in any way. I, I can't even tell you enough how much I love science and especially in its purest form, I see science as 
like pure science as being profound reverence coupled with curiosity, coupled with self-awareness, coupled with um, like really, really meticulous, amazing observation. And it produces incredible discoveries which have enriched our lives on so many levels. So, yeah. Now you're probably going to all be expecting this like really intense conversation and it really wasn't that intense. It was just really good and I was excited as I listened to it in preparation for airing it. But I'm going to stop rambling now and just let you listen to the episode. Thank you so much for being here. As usual, I love you very, very, very much wherever you are, whoever you are. Thank you for joining us here today. everybody and welcome back for another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Today I have with me Rachel White who is going to share with us her spiritual awakening journey and um, all the wisdom that she has gained along the way. So Rachel is joining me from Sydney, Australia. She is a soul coach, a yogi, an author, and she is also a podcast host. Her podcast is called The Gentle Podcast. She creates space for gentle healing and thriving. Her coaching programs, online yoga, and everything she does is created from her soul with the intention of connecting women with their own inner light so they can shine as their most vibrant self. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. That's a really beautiful bio. Um, I would love to hear you explain in your own words, because that's kind of like the elevator pitch summary. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the um, more expanded, rounded version of who you are and what you do and um, how you got to be here. Yeah, so like you said, I work as a coach, yogi, um, running online programs, coaching and all of that. And I really fully stepped into my business just earlier this year. Before that, I was kind of just doing yoga teaching and coaching casually while I was working full-time as a professional accountant and I am from um, I am from Australia but I'm I live in a town called Mildura which is like a little regional town about 10 hours out of Sydney so yeah not exactly not exactly Sydney Sydney. in, (laughs) in in the country in Australia and for a lot of my life like I kind of felt like I had to be successful so I that's kind of why I pursued a career in accounting And then a lot of things happened, which was like in large part my, I guess, spiritual awakening, which we'll get into. Um, And then I just decided one day that I just couldn't, I couldn't live like I was anymore. Like I just, I had to step into my soul work. I had to release like the identity of who I was and who I spent like my whole life being. And now I'm just doing work that really lights me up that I feel like really makes a difference. And that is completely in alignment with the person I'm meant to be here. That's amazing. I, I love that, <clears throat> that moment of decisiveness and the decision to just like basically give yourself permission to go out and do what it is that you really feel represents your energy and your work and mm 
stuff in the world. I, I love hearing about people doing that because I'm just embarking on that myself now. And so, I don't know, I always feel so bolstered when <laughs> other people have done it too. <laughs> yeah. And like, it took me like, it was probably about three years between me, like starting on the path of thinking yeah. maybe this isn't the right life for me. So it wasn't like all of a sudden I had this epiphany. It was like, okay, done. It was like this gradual process of like learning new things, integrating new things. And then, yeah, finally getting to the point where I felt like I could let go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what, to start off with, what do you consider to be your magic power or your magic powers? You don't have to only have one magic power, of course. Hmm. Well, I, I always think it's been in like teaching and leading. Like I've always really been drawn to just like teaching people when I have three younger sisters and growing up, like we always would like play schools. I would always be the teacher and like <laughs> give them homework, like take it so seriously. <laughs> and I just love that. And like, even like as a teenager, like I coach like the younger netball teams and I've always just been really drawn to mentoring people like mm. helping people teaching and leading and I think it's because like I just see so much potential in mm. everyone around me and I'm constantly coming up with like new ideas and new inspirations and I just want to share that and like help people be their best self so I would say I would sum that up as like teaching yeah that's yeah. beautiful that's yeah beautiful um and so I, I guess, I mean, the whole reason I invited you on here was to hear about your spiritual awakening. And to start off with, would you share with us what spiritual awakening means to you? Hmm. So this is like an interesting question because I feel like when I first like hear the word, like I think about or like people that are like in touch with like spirits and like can just like see visions like like that image kind of comes to mind but when I kind of really just stop and like take a moment with it like I think it's really about like realizing that it's the moment we realize we're all connected and that there's like this universal energy that connects us all and that everything is perfect the way it is and like that's that was my experience and that's what I see it as and it doesn't have I don't think it has to be like this big like like all of a sudden you're like enlightened yeah I absolutely agree and I love that you said that because one of my um, reasons that I wanted to do this podcast was that um, I kind of had this idea of spiritual awakening all while I was going through it as meaning exactly that that you have to have visions and stuff and even though I was having visions they didn't I I felt like other people's descriptions of them seemed so much more dramatic than what I, I was experiencing. So I just like, mm. I don't know, like I thought it had to be this really big dramatic, exactly enlightenment or something. Um, and I wanted to give people who don't have that, like who maybe have a gentler unfolding of it, um, an opportunity to share their story too, because yeah, mm. I think it, I think it probably manifests uniquely for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I would love it if you would share share your spiritual awakening journey, however that has looked and felt for you. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with when I was like younger, like primary school age. I my family, my mum is Italian, so we have like 
Catholic religion in the family and like my dad was Catholic as well like grew up Catholic so I was made to like go to church a little like we weren't like a huge religious family it was more like like Christmas and Easter we would go to church I was baptized in primary school I did like my confirmation so I had to do like these Sunday and night school classes and from like early on like as far as as far back as I can remember like I always felt like there was some like higher power that I didn't understand. Like I just, I always just innately knew that there was something that we didn't fully understand that was out there kind of guiding things in a way. And like I, I, while I knew that I didn't give it too much thought and then the answer that was presented in front of me as a child was God and the Catholic religion. And while I never like fully read the bible or like got too far into like all the rules I guess of of being catholic that was just what I decided to believe in like I just thought okay I believe in god and that was just like a decision to believe that even though it didn't um like it didn't have that much meaning in my life apart from that okay god's there like he's he's looking after us all good and then as I kind of got into my more like younger teenage years, I started to um, like, I still like said that I believed in God and I started to kind of like reject science in a way. Like I, I used to like say that I didn't believe in dinosaurs. I didn't believe in evolution. Like how can that be real if God's real? Um, it like, it wasn't a huge part of my life. It was kind of like these just side beliefs that I had. And, but now I really kind of, like fast forward to now to do with science, like I do see the, like how spirituality and science really interrelate and how they Mm. can coexist. And yeah, like that's kind of a different story as well. So then it was when I, in 2015, I moved to New Zealand for half a year. And while I was there, I kind of just felt like this pull to start looking into mindfulness and meditation and initially it was because I wanted to use those things as tools to be better at my accounting good job and then (laughs) from from that like from like study not really studying but looking into meditation and mindfulness like this door of spirituality kind of opened up and I was just so curious and interested that there was like another explanation to God like like and I just I just felt this pull to understand more. And I started reading books like The Power of Now, um, like You Can Heal Your Life, like all those all those kind of books. And while some of them were like really hard reads at the time, like I forced myself to read them. And like Conversations with God was another book. They were kind of like, like I kind of got it, like at a logical level. I was like, okay, like this makes sense. But like, I don't really feel like this. Like, I don't really feel the connection that, they're describing um and then I actually started studying an online meditation course and the only reason I didn't finish it was because the last assessment exercise I had to do was it was like um dialogue with your higher self and we had all we had to do was get out a blank piece of paper meditate for a second and then let our higher self write something down 
And that really scared me. I was like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to feel like I'm like possessed and taken over. And like, and it just like, I had so much resistance against that and it scared me so much. And like this idea that if I continued down this path, I would all of a sudden start seeing spirits or hearing things or like being taken over in my writing. Like it just really scared me. So I kind of just like put it aside for a little bit and just continued diving down like the information path, like just reading, trying to understand it at a mind level, which like you can only do so much of. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I feel like from that, it was kind of like a gradual process that I didn't even realize was happening at the time. Like the more I meditated, the more I practiced yoga and then I studied during my yoga teacher training and then I did my life coaching and it was kind of like all these little things that I, that I did just for like absorbing information and developing skills. I feel like all of that really strengthened my spiritual connection in like one, the belief that there is this higher power out there. And I started to kind of like re-accept science that yes, like it had a role, maybe the dinosaurs were real. And, <laughs> and, and, like, and then I feel like, I feel like the moment I kind of accepted how we can have a soul and how evolution can be, can exist at the same time was really the moment that I thought like, yes, like, I I guess like it wasn't like this big magical moment, but I feel like that was kind of my awakening moment that I thought that like we as souls can, like we are channeled into human bodies hmm. but the human body had to evolve to be there before us as souls could inhabit it and it like it sounds kind of simple when I say it out loud now but at the moment when I realized that it was like oh my god like we're like these magical souls like just having this human experience and that's like really cool <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it wasn't this like glamorous moment but but just it was like the penny dropped and it was like all yeah. this information that I had been reading and absorbing and experiencing just all kind of integrated and, and came together and I just yeah and from there like I really started like once I really understood that like we're a soul in a human body I wanted to understand the soul more like like and in yoga it's all about like mind body soul union Mm. so that kind of created that conversation within me as well like what actually is the soul what role does it have like like I wanted to make it I wanted to make it make sense logically but like it just doesn't a lot of the time so I really wanted to feel what the soul was like what my soul who my soul was and when I started that down that path I just really started to realize that we're all just like so perfect regardless of our human expression. Mm. So yeah, that's, does that answer the question? That was kind of yeah. a long ramble. No, that was perfect. I mean, that's what this is all about. So it can be as long as it and long and rambly as it wants to be. Yeah. I, that's, that's amazing. I love, I love your story and I love, um, I totally love the part where you said that you when you were younger you were like no dinosaurs can't exist and like evolution can't be real because it doesn't make any sense I remember kind of thinking that too 
in high school, but being very, I guess the way that it um, manifested for me was feeling very, I very pro-life like just like it's I don't know when you're a teenager I think things are very like black and white and there's just no it's one or the other that's the only way it can be and um at least for me as as my brain matured it became uh more receptive to like subtlety and nuance and like both and kind of concepts um but so I'm curious about that part I, I remember also in high school writing a paper Oh, our science teacher, my OAC, so basically grade 13 biology teacher, gave us an assignment that we had to write a paper either, you know, in support of evolution or in support of creation. And I wrote a paper saying that they, this was the only time I think my brain could handle both. I was like, yeah, but don't they, aren't they both like hand in hand? Because you know, like our environment is changing all the time. So, so we evolve as God creates us newly in every moment so that we can adapt to our environment. Mm-hmm. And she gave me an A, but then she said, nobody else could write a paper in support of both of us at the same time again. I think she wanted us to pick science. <laughs> Just like, no, yeah. you can't pick both. <laughs> um, so I, I, the part that my brain really snagged on was that part. And I wondered like, what do you remember what it was that um, made you feel like like science and God or science and spirituality could coexist in the same space? Do you remember how that came about for you? Hmm. It's a good question. I feel like it was while I was in New Zealand and like all the books that I was reading, like because they started off with the purpose for me to be like better at my work, some of them were kind of more like logical science based, like to do with like how the mind works and things like that. So I guess I just started to like with science, even though I kind of said, oh, it's not real. Like I never really took time to understand it or like to look into it at all, um, like outside of what we were made to do at school. So when I started to really think about like like electricity, like I, I know that exists, but I have no idea how that works. <laughs> Bones just constantly like blow my mind. I have <laughs> no idea. I have no idea like how any of that works, but it's, but it's there. And like I know it exists. And like science isn't just technology, but there's like there's all these things that, like I just I don't understand how exactly they work but I know that they do work Mm. and so like if I if I accept that then how can I reject other science to say that like we we came from like animals and like how things evolve so yeah like I don't really remember the exact moment but I kind of just more remember like the process of just like gradually accepting like little bit by little bit and then like yeah it was just like a random moment in a random day that I was like oh yeah it makes sense (laughs) I love those penny drop moments they feel so good and then but sometimes I find myself later like 
like I'm like chasing that feeling, but I can't exactly recreate it again. <laughs> I just remember yeah. that it made sense in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think because I have like a really active mind and just like open head center of just like constant ideas and constant inspiration. Like I'm always thinking about these things and then yeah, like it's pretty like common for me to be like, oh yeah, like that makes sense now and then move on to the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think the funny and tricky thing about science too is that uh, it's often presented in like, I don't know, like I'd say general public discourse within society and culture as though it's all fact and like science is used Mm. as though it equals fact and it's in, in reality it's so, so subjective. It's so subjective and like all of the facts and the like the data is so easily manipulated and and not even manipulated in a bad way, but just sort of um, understood differently by different people who are Mm -hmm. interpreting it. And so that also, um, I don't know, I feel like that's partly, I think, what makes it feel a lot of the time like separate and antagonistic to spirituality because it's like Mm. presented as like disproving you know concepts that are are more spiritual but it isn't really it's or it can just maybe be (laughs) taken to support uh, spiritual concepts and, and knowing yeah like I yeah I agree with that and I think it's really interesting I feel like that's kind of like the main reason I was so like against like scientists and their provings that like it was like what they were saying was like the fact like this is this is the truth for everyone like full stop no discussion and I feel like I have such a resistance to people like (laughs) saying like like this is like this is it and like my brother he's very like logical science minded Mm. driven so whenever we get on the topics of like anything to do with spirituality like he's very much like blah 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 full stop no discussion and like I feel like that's kind of what I thought all scientists were like that Mm -hmm. like they just think that their truth is the truth there's nothing anyone could say to disprove it so and yeah like I really accept that my truth and my beliefs are my beliefs Mm -hmm. and I don't have to be like I don't have to prove other people wrong for me to be right like I know what I believe and I'm going to stand by that and I don't have to convince anyone of my beliefs like when I was going around saying dinosaurs never existed as a teenager (laughs) like so many people would just like try to like be like what the hell and like try to (laughs) argue their point but I would be like no like this is what I believe so it's true for me and I feel like it's so interesting when we think about that we create our own reality and when people say to me that like like the universe or like in terms of spirituality like can't be proved I just always think about how like my truth is my reality. So if I believe in something that moves me forward and helps me in my life, like who cares if it isn't true? Like, like even if it is a, this placebo effect, like, like why does it even matter if it's helping me live my most fulfilled life? So even though I 100% believe in my beliefs, like I don't really care if, if other people don't. Yeah. Oh, totally. I totally agree. And it's, that's exactly it like for all the things that you know supposedly can't be proven 
the, that doesn't make them any less true because I, well, mm. where I'm at is that I believe that our belief is everything and that's what makes anything true. Our, like yes. sort of all the attention that we put on something and if we tell ourselves that this is true, whether it's a good, a positive story that uplifts us or, you know, um, a disempowering story that keeps us feeling um, powerless and small, it, it's equally true either way because we're, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're the deciders ultimately yes. and so everybody has their own truth and that and so that makes data kind of like irrelevant to me unless it's relevant to me <laughs> if that makes sense yes yes <laughs> yes like when we're looking for like I feel like there's always this research bias that like if we already have a belief we're gonna look for things that back up our belief yeah like, <laughs> yeah and when I was so before I left my accounting career I started my master's in business analytics which was all about like data and mm. um yeah all about data and it was just that really opened my eyes to like a next level about how like data is selected how it's tested and then how the findings are presented mm. and so when I hear like studies and statistics now like I really wonder like how are they actually coming up with those results like who what was like the population size for like who was included in that data how did they select it and so what we were taught was like like for example you might hear a percentage that like just say like 80 percent of people believe in god like right for example and then so like with that like so many studies would have tested would have like collected data from just say a thousand people from the same town and then they come and say like 80 percent of all people like it's such like misrepresentation of data totally. so even though like these like scientific <clears throat> facts are out there like they're just not like it's like it i remember like in year 12 english we were like persuasive language techniques and it was mm. always like present facts and and statistics will persuade people and like, I feel like it does, like if you say like oh, 80% of people do this or should do this or like whatever, then we think, oh, like that's a really high percentage. We should do that without really thinking about what went in behind that. So yeah, there's, totally. yeah, like you said, like we create our own reality and we can choose to believe these findings or to research it or to just disregard it. Yeah. And they cast such a powerful spell over us if we let them, but we are ultimately the ones who give it power like yeah. totally i so i have been working as a midwife and um i also work with people who are um like calling in their their pregnancies or their children and in communication with spirit babies and so i like consider pregnancy and conception a lot and i i don't know i must have googled recently like odds of conceiving in a given cycle i don't know why because i don't believe in that stuff anyway but Anyhow, and I think the statistic that like showed up for like WebMD and, you know, Mayo Clinic, all the like the ones that chart rank highest in Google search were like 21% chance per cycle, I guess. And I was like, that would be so discouraging to somebody who's trying to conceive. But like, how would anyone ever know that? Like, where did this number come from? It's mm. so impossible to know that. And then all of the, mm -hmm. there are so many unknown variables within a given person, within a given cycle, never mind like sweeping broad statements about, you know, the statistical probability of 
conceiving mm. in a given cycle for everybody ever. It's just, yeah, it's really weird. But then exactly like numbers, when it's presented like a fact like that, it's so persuasive and mm. very, very misleading. But I find it super interesting. And I think, I don't know, this is just my theory. I think that the, the part of science, it's not really science, but humans who subscribe to science and use it as a, a way of explaining away all of the mystery. Um, it's because mm. it's such a deep fear of the unknown, a deep mm. fear of the mystery and, and the void and everything. And so um, it's like this reaction of incredible hubris that we could ever decode and understand the whole universe and predict it and keep ourselves safe. I think that's what that, that weird sort of, um, I don't know. I know there are a lot, a lot of scientists who don't use science in that way or don't use um, facts and data in that way, but in that way, I think it's coming from that place. That's just my theory though. I haven't done any studies to support it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the more we kind of lean into like wanting to understand everything at a logical level, it kind of creates like this bigger disconnection from our intuition and in trusting that we actually have a lot of answers or all of the answers within ourselves. Like we don't have to see that study and see that like there's a 20, there's only like a 21% chance we'll like get pregnant this cycle. But then like, if we just trusted our own intuition, like, like, does that number even matter? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like our intuition just has like limitless knowledge and limitless wisdom. But if we only rely on our logical mind to make decisions, then we're limited by our conditioning and our personal experience. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I and think, I feel, sorry, you guys. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to say that I feel like listening, learning to listen to my intuition was a huge part of my like spiritual awakening because I feel like I've always like received guidance on what to do that. Like, I feel like when I think about it, like it couldn't have came from my logical mind. Like I had no idea logically what was going to happen, but I feel like I've always like been intuitive, intuitively guided and um, at least into like the next step I should take. So. Yeah. I was I was gonna ask exactly that because as you were telling your story, you were um, sort of talking about like reading things to appeal to your logical mind, and that you were an accountant and you um, had started a program doing your masters in in business analytics, and that's all very very left brain logical stuff. So mm -hmm. at what point did did you sort of bridge over into your intuition, or I guess I mean probably your intuition was already there or not already always there, but at what point did your logical mind take a back seat a little bit instead of trying to be the thing that sort of was leading and guiding all of your understanding? Yeah. So I, like, I definitely, when I look back, I feel like my intuition was always Erin, even though I was like doing accounting and all of these, like really, yeah, like you said, left brain things, like, all of it kind of was underpinned by my want to help other people. Like I became an accountant to help people grow their business, like to help people have less, less stress while managing like a small family business. So like, and that was kind of like the intuitive guidance that 
of like how I could help those people. But it was like my logical mind that was like the leader in my life until like October last year where I just thought like, like I just wanted to let my soul take the lead and let my intuition take the lead in the decisions that I was making. And I feel like it wasn't really until I made the decision to like leave my accounting job completely that like I feel like that was like the first like intuitive leap I took like saying that now I think that like when I was working full-time as an accountant I did like a six-month life coaching course and that was really like intuitively led like I just thought I want to sign up for this I'm going to do it like even though every colleague and everyone else was like why are you studying life coaching when you're working full-time as an accountant and then when I did my yoga teacher training as well like all of those like looking back were these little intuitive decisions but I didn't necessarily realize that at the time because it was kind of like my intuition would sneak in like every now and again and just like make me do these things um but yeah I didn't really have full awareness of like really leaning into letting my intuition take the lead until yeah I made the decision to leave to leave that job and like I knew that like I wanted to open my life up to like limitless possibilities and I knew the only way to do that was to listen to my intuition instead of being limited by my logical mind of like what I had known and done already mm-hmm and what inspired you to want to open your life up to limitless possibilities? Because I think that that's something that, you know, while it's not like completely unique, I, in my experience, it's still quite a rare ambition to have that a lot of people really, really limit themselves as to what they are um, willing to, what they feel that they are capable and deserving of calling in and letting in. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was working, like, I feel like one, like I'm just not designed to work full time, like to be forced to be in the same place for like nine hours a day and then to like work on the weekends as well. Like one, like my energy is not aligned with that at all. And the work itself was like really like not designed me either Mm. so over like I was there for seven and a half years and it was like I it was like my inner light was just slowly dimming that entire Mm. time and even though I was so excited and like loved it when I first started and expect like when I first started I was at university part-time working part-time for the first couple of years and I really loved it then and then when I started working full-time it was like this just like slow dimming Mm -hmm. And I had like this moment where I really realized that like, I just thought like there has to be more like, and I looked at the people who were like, like ahead of me in like the hierarchical ladder. And I just thought like, I would never want to live their life. Like I would never want to take on what they're doing. So why am I even here? And like, I just, like, I just kept thinking like, like there has to be more than this. Like where, like why would my soul choose to come here on earth to feel like drained and stressed out every day? So yeah, it was just really like this, like this background feeling like this can't be it. Like life has to feel better than this. 
and then I knew like I, and I also like had this knowing that like if I wanted my life to feel better than it was that then it was up to me to to change it then to create something else mm-hmm. and like how I guess how intuition like came into that was that like I didn't really know I didn't know logically like what to do next even though I was like already teaching yoga classes and all of that like I I knew that I could do that in the short term at least till I figured it out but I just wanted to be completely open to to anything unfolding mm-hmm. and was that um challenging like a challenging decision to make and like I know for me that because similarly I'm wanting to open my life up to limitless possibilities and this is the first like the beginning of 2019 wasn't the first time it occurred to me but the first time I was like no I'm committing to it this year I'm working through this contract I've signed on for but by the time it's finished like I want to be at a place where I'm I'm you know ready to transition but that was really hard it took me my whole life up till this point to to be willing to do that because the sort of conditioning of like what my family has like the kind of lives that they've all created for themselves this is very different there's like there's no entrepreneurs Mm. in my family was there anybody in your family that has similarly taken a similar path or are you the first one um yeah like I feel like I am the first one yeah like all like I do feel like I'm like very different to my family in what I believe in and like the path that I want to live my life like when I was working like when I decided to leave my job as an accountant like most of my family just thought it was like crazy that like like why like I went to university for three years did like my postgraduate was like a year and a half into my master's degree and like I was I guess I like I had this identity around like when I like I did really well academically so I was always getting like awards and praise and it was like like I was this like young achiever and this accountant and everyone kind of thought it was really crazy for me to leave that and I think that was just because like I guess a lot of them were like craving like that stability that I had in my job so yeah like I I, I don't think any any of my family are really down the path that I'm on. Hmm. And did it feel like hard to to come to that decision for yourself and put it into motion for that reason? Or did you just kind of feel like, meh, like I just want to be happy. <laughs> so love you guys, but not too concerned. Um, like a little bit of both. Like I do really value like the opinion of my families, but then at the same time, like I already made my decision and I was like, Mm. I'm going to do what I want to do. And like, like I am really supported and loved by my family. And so I knew that like they would come around and they would get over, like they would get over whatever reservations they had. Like it really wasn't a decision that was really affecting them. So why would I let them have like that much influence in it? So yeah, but it, like it was hard to leave. Like the people I was working with, like I was so close mm-hmm. to them. Like we worked together for like almost eight years. So, and like the even like the the partners of the firm, like like I feel like I had like a really good relationship with them. And 
and like one thing that really created like a bit of anxiety in me leaving was that there was um like there was around 100 people in the office when I first started so like naturally there was like a pretty like high turnover of people and then in like the years before I left there was like kind of some culture problems so like a few like a lot of people did leave um in the last few years before I left and no one was really spoken positively about that had gone and I just like had this huge fear that it's like mm. as soon as I resign they're all gonna hate me and like mm-hmm. and like that really scared me and so that kind of like and there was some like some of the partners and some of my colleagues like I just had like I don't know like I really valued their opinion and I really wanted their approval um so that kind of maybe kept me there for a bit longer than I should have been Mm -hmm. but that was all kind of like I feel like growing up I just really searched for validation outside of myself but when I really started to lean into my intuition like I realized that like regardless of what happens like I'm safe I'm supported and I can accept myself and and like if if other people don't like that's okay even though it stings the ego a little bit like like it's okay yeah cool Hmm. um I would like to also ask about the the gentle aspect of um the work that you do because it seems to me that that's like your your energy and and your kind of your brand in a way but I don't know sometimes I feel like in my mind brand equals like contrived but I think it just it's like the thing that you know you you lead with maybe um I know I've got your Mm -hmm. book that I'm reading Gentle Glow and um your podcast is the Gentle Podcast and um yeah I'm really really drawn to this word gentle and really intrigued by what it means to you and why it resonates with you Mm. so like for me the word gentle just means like letting go of the force and control and letting go of the need to do and be anything or like to do anything and just to come back to being and it's not about anything we have to do it's about coming home to ourselves and I feel like there's I I just see so much like pressure out there like go hard or go home like if you're not getting results you're not trying hard enough and you just gotta do this keep going keep working all day or night like there's just all this pressure to just like keep doing and doing and doing and to keep trying harder and harder and harder and while I've always been like a really like ambitious person that always like does a lot of things like it just created so much stress within me and stress has had like such like I guess consequences in my life that like I'm still experiencing some of them even now after I took myself out of like every stressful situation in my life so I wanted to I just like the word gentle kind of came about when I created my first like group program at the start of this year. And it was all about like guiding women to feel vital in their mind, body and soul. And the more I thought about it, I just realized that I really wanted to make it a really nurturing, loving, and just a gentle program where it's about taking like little nurturing step-by-step actions 
and to learn how to come back to stillness as well to feel our most vital and to feel like just to feel gentle like when I think of the word gentle I just feel like you're just like nurtured and Mm -hmm. completely supported and we don't have to try harder we don't have to do anything I feel like stillness deep breathing and taking care of ourselves has such a high impact on every single aspect of our life over taking any like forced action ever will Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and like as you're talking and when I think of the word gentle it also makes me think of or it makes me feel like making changes at a pace that actually feels good Mm. and supportive of self rather than making them from a space of like I'm not good enough or my life isn't good enough or whatever and I have to fix it like it just feels like I don't know okay (laughs) I used to do ceramics and so it reminds me of like when you're working with clay you have to coax it along gently, like with gentle touches and you coax it in the direction you want it to go because if you try and force it, it just tears. And that's what it makes me think of is like, yeah. um, like I don't know, I imagine probably the container that you offer is like, like it, it does allow a little bit of that pressure so that people can feel supported and like they're moving in a direction they want to go, but nothing is being forced. They're just allowed to take mm. care of themselves. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's super beautiful. Mm. Um, Okay. So one question I like to ask people is, um, have you had any sort of like heroes or idols or inspirations along the way? Like people that really helped you to feel, I don't know, they're a little bit like your guiding light as you're, um, you know, moving in the direction that you want to go. Hmm. well I feel like um like the Louise Hayes books really they were like the first kind of more spiritual books that really felt like a flowing read for me like the others were just like yeah just hard reads but Louise Hayes words just like made sense and flowed really easily so I really loved like reading her books and um people like Marie Folio and Libby Weaver like I love following them even though they're not they're not like their message isn't like spiritual but I feel like Mm -hmm. spirituality is kind of intertwined within in what they're doing and they're really doing like their soul work which really inspired me so they're kind of like the main people that have um I guess like influenced me and that I followed and then I guess like my nonna as well my grandma she's just like the most like gentle loving and kind person that like she really inspires me as well that like like she's just so she's got so much love to give and she's the literally the only person in my life that I've never heard like speak a bad word about anyone she's just Mm. so yeah like when I think of the word gentle I kind of like that kind Mm. of encapsulates encapsulates her as well so yeah there are just a few people but I find that like I get really inspired by like everyone I meet and just hearing their stories and what they're doing and and everything Hmm. that's beautiful especially your nana that's that's lovely (laughs) um and so okay so if you were going to 
if you could magically go back in time and connect with yourself 10 years ago and you know give yourself some guidance what do you think it would be Hmm. so 10 years ago I would have been 16 in year 12 so I feel like I feel like I would have told my younger self that like like that everything everything she needs is already within her and that like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what she does what she looks like or like anything it just matters like who she is and who she's being so just to be herself because the right people will accept her for who she is like I feel like that's something that I really needed to hear at 16. Mm. I was listening to your podcast episode with your interview um, with Lauren McMullen um, Mm. on Soul Radiant Radio. And I remember just being like, wow, when I was listening to your story, because it sounds like you have so much energy and so much like intelligence and you're so driven and you like achieve so much. It's wild. Mm. Um, But that um, in that episode, you're explaining that a a lot of it was motivated by like wanting that um, the feeling of achievement and the, the, like the validation that came with it. Mm. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then have there obviously, obviously yoga is a sort of tool or modality that you've um, found to be really helpful and supportive of yourself. And I know that you've included others in your, Book, but would you share uh, a couple others here for the listeners that you found helpful and nurturing? Yeah, like I feel like coming into stillness, like meditation and just deep breathing. I feel like our breath is our greatest tool for like to move through everything. So taking those deep belly breaths that are in through the nose and fill up the entire belly are really powerful. Also, like I really love to journal just because I have like. I do have like a really active mind and just like always thoughts and ideas coming up. So I like to express them. Like I do like to talk about them as well, but sometimes um, like I only want to talk about them with people that are open to listen. So just journaling is like talking to myself, Mm -hmm. just like most of my journal. And you're willing to listen. Random ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, journaling and like I love like ritual things. Like I have like a sage stick that like every morning I kind of have like a little ritual um, where I just like sage myself, like sit with my crystals, like maybe meditate, maybe journal. Do I love like oracle card readings and like Mm. little things like that. Um, and I also do some like Ayurvedic, um, like cleansing rituals, like the, um, like self body, like oil massage and like like, tongue scraping and like oral care stuff, because like our mouth is how we communicate and interact with our outer world. So in Ayurveda, like it's really important to have like strong oral care. Like Mm. it's just like, like oil pulling brushing, Mm -hmm. flossing, tongue scrape. Um, But like I do that every morning just to like set the intention that I'm going to communicate as my authentic self today. Um, So there's like heaps of little things I do. Yeah. I love that what you shared about the the oral hygiene from the Ayurvedic perspective. It just makes me think about how in Western culture, it's just so, gosh, we're so 
sort of shallow and surface in our perception of everything and that like you know most of everybody's motivation for oral care is so that we don't offend people with our bad breath which is fine yeah it's a good reason too but just like yeah just the the energetic perspective of like this is this is your mouth it's a portal to share and communicate with other people and keeping it clean also sort of keeps your communications clean as well Hmm. um yes that's very cool okay so so we're getting on the hour I would love it if you would share with the listeners what you've got on offer what you've got going on kind of like what any programs that you have or services that you have like kind of what they're about and what they're like so I have my um coaching services which is like one-on-one coaching that's really with the intention to like um like guide women into letting their soul take the lead in their life so really like holistic intuitive coaching and I also have my group program so gentle vitality is like a revamped version of the first program I created is starting in January I have like an online yoga and meditation group and um, like I do a lot of events in Mildura but most of your listeners probably aren't from here um, and what else do I, and I have my book, Gentle Glow, which you can get on Amazon. I also have a, I just released a 2020 glow journal, which like gives a daily Whoa. journal prompt for 2020, which is really cool. I'm excited to use it myself. Um, and, and the gentle podcast as well. If anyone wants to tune in and listen to a bit more of my message there as well. And yeah, like you can, everything's on my website, byrachelwhite.com or on um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm at byrachelwhite as well, if anyone wants to. Oh, and I have a free Facebook group called Gentle Souls, a home for your inner light, um, which everyone is welcome to join. I always do like live videos um, and some trainings and posts in there. That is really just meant to be yeah, nourishing for mind, body, soul. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. It was really nice to hear hear your story. I just really appreciate your willingness to come on and, and share with everybody. I found it very inspiring myself. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, everybody, so much for spending your time with us and listening to this episode. If you were listening and you enjoyed it, then please screenshot yourself listening to it and then tag Rachel and I and post it to social media because then we know that you were listening and we don't wonder, we don't have to wonder who's listening. Then we know it was you. (laughs) All right, Rachel, I hope that you have a great day and everybody, I hope that you have a beautiful, magical day as well. Thank you so much for being here with me through this episode. You are beautiful, magical, and powerful. You are so appreciated. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And I hope to catch you on the next episode.